been naive. You know, um, on Earth they say, oh, well, we're the only ones. We're, I mean, really, why? Have you been to the other planets? Have you checked out the other planets? Cliff likes to be up early. Cliff's a very sharp dresser. Uh, Dana thinks he's a sharp dresser, but clearly is not. Uh, and I don't even pretend to be. So you have the all three degrees there. On a shuttle pass. Okay, now the trouble is, is it's got to be your offhand. So you go like this. You go like this. Look, everybody, I'm passing the ball. And then at the last second, and this is key, you turn your thumb down. You just hold the football, turn your thumb. And all you have to do is this. Hello and welcome back to That's Another Cougar Podcast. I'm Adam Lewis. I'm Sarah Lewis. And it's a tough week in Cougar football land and kind of the broader college football world in general. Um, obviously, you heard the clips right there of uh, YouTube's best Mike Leach quotes. <laughs> um, we could have played that for all nine minutes and probably been pretty entertained. And uh, that didn't even include his, his rant about um, weddings in yeah. general. So, <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, tough week because because uh, Leach passed away after suffering a cardiac event earlier this week at his home in uh, Mississippi and um, was, you know, taken by air ambulance to Jackson and they tried to save him but uh, did not, <clears throat> were not able to. So we got the news Tuesday morning that he had uh, passed away at the age of 61. Um you know, of kind of the serious cardiac event. And it really just caught everybody by surprise and is just a, a sad day for college football. And it's kind of hard to, you know, figure out what he meant to WSU or really summarize it well. But, I mean, we can get into it a little bit here today. What do you think, Sarah? I mean, I don't, I don't really have memories really of leech like i mean i'd like you would i always found him to be kind of a pain in the ass but i don't want to speak, <laughs> speak Ill of the dead he definitely was a, that was one of his both charms and uh some would say he you know would wear out his welcome at places after after you know a number of years because he was notoriously uh you know grouchy he was a little bit grouchy at times right yeah both to his players and uh, to the media. But then on the flip side, you know, some of his players just loved him more than anything. And you've seen this outpouring from uh, former players, former coaches coming in, saying how much he impacted their lives, their careers, mm -hmm. how helpful he was. And, you know, that definitely was like at odds with his sort of image as like this gruff, you know, kind of tough coach. I mean, I guess if he Old liked school. you. Yes, yes, he <laughs> loved his quarterbacks. Often we didn't know if he knew the names of his own defensive players. <laughs> <laughs> he gave his defensive coordinator total autonomy. Like, he would run the offense, defensive coordinator. You know, you take care of it. I'm not, that's not his area of expertise. He invented Much it. like his marriage advice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, his wedding advice. His wedding um, advice. <laughs> I think... I'm just grateful that, you know, when we hired him, I was a senior at WSU mm -hmm. and I had experienced four years of watching the, the worst football team in the country. Like out of a hundred and whatever teams, WSU was, if not the worst, they were like bottom five every year, other than 2011, the year before Leach 
um, you know, came to Pullman. Mm -hmm. And we took a chance on him. He had obviously come out of kind of a controversial situation at Texas Tech with a former player. Mm -hmm. But we took a chance on him. He took a chance on WSU. And... For $3 million a year. <laughs> yes, for three. He was he was compensated very well. And uh, Bill Moose, our athletic director at the time, went down to Key West kind of in the dark of night, took like three connecting flights because we had still we still had our coach at the time mm -hmm. and basically drew up a contract in the middle of the football season mm. with Leach and said, hey, if things don't go well, winky, winky, which they're probably not going to with Paul Wolf, our former coach. Um, here's our contract mm. and you know, this is where I'm going to, I'm going to bring you in. Yeah. And it was just, it was like a moment of shock when we hired him. Cause like, you know, we did not have any sort of recent real success for going on a decade at that time. And Mike Leach, like he was a big deal. Uh, yeah, he won 10 games, you know, a lot at Texas tech, you know, multiple times at Texas tech. Uh, he, was, he had been on Friday Night Lights in a cameo. He was known for his crazy, you know, off-the-cuff remarks about players' fat little girlfriends. And Jesus. Uh, it was just like, it was just like, I can't believe he's coming to Pullman. And when he, I covered the press conference the day he came, it was like a parade, like, through the streets. Mm -hmm. And he gave this really famous quote about, you know, he's like, someone asked me, you know, why Washington State? And he goes, well, that's a stupid, and I was just thinking to myself, well, that's a stupid question. And they just <laughs> it brought the house down. And, uh, you know, from then on, it was like, you know, kind of a, just a very, very beautiful pairing of coach and school. Well, right? what about his first year? The first year was rough. The first <laughs> year was rough. And it did provide me as a student journalist, a lot of great opportunities to write about sort of how how the transition from a you know somewhat of, of a player's coach in Paul Wolf to to Leach had gone I think he kicked off about 30 players from the team and also <laughs> he literally dug had somebody I guess a construction company or I don't know who freaking did it but he had in our practice field he like dug out 40 yards and put a sand pit in like a beach volleyball except uh -huh. there was no net and either as punishment or conditioning, guys had to roll around and like do drills in the sand pit, which it, it, it was called the Leech Beach. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so certainly, that first year was rough. We only won three games. We had very little talent. And he called his seniors empty corpses. <laughs> yes, I made ESPN because I reported during the press co his press conference where. My uh, my friend and former colleague Christian Capel asked, uh, I'll never forget. He's like, "Hey, do you think you know the seniors are really buying into your to your program or you know your new thing?" And he's like, "Well, I don't really care. It's a dictatorship. It's not a democracy." And <laughs> you know, quite honestly, some of the seniors have an empty corpse-like quality to them. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the previous guys' recruits, <laughs> and I was just like. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just said that. But, uh, yeah, I got picked <laughs> up nationally. That was kind of his first, like, big, uh, you know, quotable moment, yeah. I, guess, I guess, in Pullman that really garnered a lot of attention. Because there wasn't a lot good going on that year on the field, mm -hmm. except that was the one year he won the Apple Cup. 
the one year. Yeah, we were down, and that was, you know, one of my favorite leech moments is we were just getting, you know, crushed going into the fourth quarter, down 18 points. Yeah. And he brought helped bring us back. So that moment, I mean, just the way we were able to compete with less against, you know, Stanford. Uh, I think we beat them five years in a row with him, four or five years in a row. Beat Oregon mm-hmm. four years in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, so many more resources. Had the epic win against USC mm-hmm. in 2017. Um, just like a lot of really great moments as a fan. Yeah. And he was not, yeah, as you know, we could go through it, but it was not for everyone, right? Right. What, what, <laughs> we don't have to go... Yeah, we don't have to speak ill of the recently departed, but you know he had a tendency at times to be pretty critical of the, of his players to yeah. the media and um, certainly some of his you know political leanings and things he would say would rub people the wrong way. But the, the other side of it too is like if you asked him anything, he would just give you his opinion. And yeah. He just did not give. You just not care. Yeah. Like you could ask him about gun control. You could ask him about anything and sometimes like even though you didn't agree with it it was always a fairly original thought and i think that's what people like respected and liked about him yeah like or hate it <laughs> or hate it Isn't but he it, was I original mean, he, it, was just he, original. he is one of a kind a hundred there will never be another human being like him i mean i feel like that's a bit no, no. that's there's seven billion plus people in the world like babies born every second. There will never ever be another Mike Leach. He invented his own offense. That just said, "Screw it, we're just going to pass every play." Mm-hmm. He had an interest in everything from dinosaurs to Geronimo. Yeah. The famous Apache warrior. Yeah, yeah. He had a cat. <laughs> he had a cat, which I didn't know. That's been the greatest part. I mean not the greatest part of this, but like one of the silver linings is like you're hearing all of these never before told leech stories coming in Yeah. from former uh, players and coaches that uh, just kind of represent who he was as a, as a person. And the last thing I'll say is I really loved how accessible he was in college football now and in reporting in general, everything is so buttoned down. Like as a reporter, it's so hard to get, anything original or unfettered access to mm-hmm. players or coaches and everybody's got an image and a brand and blah, 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 all that bullshit. He gave me a student reporter and every other student reporter really, or any reporter there, his number, I still have his number, phone number in my phone. Mm. And if you texted him, he would, and I said, Hey, I'm a media member. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about this. Do you have time? He would call you back. Mm. usually at like 1 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> 11.30 p.m. or 1 a.m. Yeah. And like as a 22-year-old, 21-year-old, this, you know, getting that call from Mike Leach for to write whatever story was always like really, I don't know, just cool. Yeah. For me, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was also a pioneer of the work-life balance movement. He was known to get into the office at like 1 p.m. <laughs> and W's like, he actively made fun of the coaches who were like, oh, I'm going to work 90 hour weeks, blah, blah, blah. Leach probably worked, I think he worked hard. I think he worked 40 hour weeks or so, but he would not, he was not a guy who was going to like sleep in the football office. 
Yeah. He would go home to, to you know, his wife. He was he was kind of a night owl, but. I mean, he probably worked more than 40 hours. Because weren't you interviewing him once and he was supposed to call you like at 8? And then yes. he called you at like midnight? Yes. And was like, sorry, I was stuck at look, looking at, uh, looking at film, film reel or whatever it was. But really, I would have friends on the football team who would come back and it would be like, we were supposed to be in a half hour meeting. It lasted three and a half hours because Leach went on a rant about, uh, you know, whatever random topic you could possibly imagine, like oh, the mating habits of like, you know, some, some random animal or <laughs> <laughs> uh, just wild stuff. It's, I know it drove like his quarterbacks who were, he coached quarterbacks. It, it drove them crazy, but. What is, has Minshew said anything? Minshew did come out and just, uh, I don't, I didn't remember the exact quote, but mm, basically, um, I think he thanked, I think he was, he was thankful for Leach bringing him. Yeah. He said he wouldn't be in the NFL without him. He said, I, Minshew said, I'd be coaching right now, getting my ass ripped by Nick Saban probably twice a day. <laughs> I couldn't be more indebted to Mike Leach and the impact he's had on my life, my family's life. I can't put into words how grateful I am for him. His dad's name is Flint Minshew. Yes, Flint. And he's like this big buff, like, dude. <laughs> we'll all, he goes, we'll always owe him a debt of gratitude. He changed our son's life. Mm -hmm. I actually really liked that when uh, Minshew played for WSU because there'd always be like Minshew and he'd be like, ha ha ha, smiling, you know, yeah. with his little mustache and then Leech gruff or... grumpy ass leech right yes. next to him i feel like leech kind of liked him though oh he loved him yeah he, he he absolutely loved him and uh that clip after they beat colorado in 2018 where leech or where Minshew comes up from behind and puts the mustache on him yeah <laughs> leech is like what the oh that's good yeah this is what Flint Minshew said. He goes, the one thing that's so refreshing about him is he's the same person all the time. Yes. He treated everybody the same. Everyone knows how smart he was and how quirky he was. But let me tell you, genuinely, he was a very good person who cared for other people. And that's one thing as a father I will always appreciate, how he treated and still to this day treated my son. We'll never be able to repay that, and we'll always honor that. Yeah, I think we saw... You saw the really quirky sides of Leach in, me in the media. You saw the grumpy sides mm -hmm. after a loss where he always like, did not filter himself. He did not always filter himself. And then, but you didn't hear, I guess, as much about kind of the love that he had for players and, and people. Like I'm he, definitely surprised to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's like come out more, uh, you know, since he's passed. Yeah. That like he, <clears throat> even though sometimes seems as though he didn't know certain guys on the team yeah uh did like have a genuine appreciation uh for his players and like for you as a person i i think and i and from everything i've heard too he was a very loving husband and he had four kids and he's he's got a big he had grandkids and so mm. um just best wishes to his wife who i'm sure is or condolences know, i think is yeah, the condolences to the, to the whole family. Yeah. And, um, right I for the holidays, he, too. Yeah. And I know that he really loved Pullman. Like, when he... Apparently, he still talked about how much he loved Pullman. Why like, do you leave, then? I think it was just... It was the right time. 
you know, we had the the great year in 2018. And what is he in Mississippi for two years? Yeah, two and a half or yeah. two, three. Mm. And he, you know, he had a new boss. He had a new manager, you know, when you get your manager changed. Yeah. He was hired by Bill Moose. Right. He was an awesome athletic director. But Bill just said basically, like, you know, he gave him a lot of leeway yeah. to do what he wanted. Like live in Key West for six months out of the year. Yeah. But I don't know if his, I think he had an okay relationship with our new athletic director, Pat Chen. But mm -hmm. I just think it wasn't quite the same as that like. Pat didn't want him to live in Key West for six months. No, no, I, I don't know if it was that. But, you know, he, I don't want to bring up all of, all of the controversies that happened just because there were, there were quite a few there towards the end. But it was, it was like he had done everything he could. He brought us from just the joke of college football. We had it before he came the year before or a couple of years before we had a tryout for quarterback during the season of where we brought in like frat bros to throw the ball around in 2000. Please tell me you tried out. I was in high school. <laughs> But it made national news because it was so sad because two of our quarterbacks both broke like their back and necks in consecutive weeks. Yikes. I know. But still, we didn't have anybody behind them, which you should have more than two quarterbacks on your team. Yeah. So, yeah, we were a total laughing stock, and he had brought us to a level of respectability. Yeah. That Nick Rolovich did everything he could in just a very short amount of time to totally demolish. But... We're still okay, but thankfully. Uh, and that is in large part because of the guys that Leach brought in and the culture and kind of the national brand that he created at, at WSU. Mm -hmm. Like people knew, more people knew about us just because once a week on SportsCenter, be like, look what this, look what this crazy SOB said <laughs> about aliens. Or... <laughs> Have you been to the other planets? <laughs> Have you even been to the other planets? <laughs> I do feel bad for making fun of his cough now. Yeah, I know. Um, and it really did get worse. He battled pneumonia. I had heard just at like WSU, a couple of WSU tailgates that he was thinking of retiring because of health issues. And it apparently he had, you know, a, a big one with his heart that he was dealing with, which is uh, never good. So, um, yeah, he left, I think, at the right time and only would we would have hired jake dickert immediately after that i think we would <clears throat> still be an upper echelon team in the conference but dickert was pretty unproven then so anyhow i don't really have a good way to segue off of the leech discussion yeah we're 10 years basically since leech got hired i think that's i think yeah 2012 we're in 2022 and like, what is the state of Cougar football now? Like, where where are we at? I had, hold on, I'm so sorry. I got caught up in this story from Flint Minshew. Oh no, where he's You're talking about, about Leach. Oh god. And I found something I have to share. Please do, please do. So I'm reading from KHQ Nonstop Local it's in like Mississippi. Whatever, wherever KHQ is, mm -hmm. it's 29 degrees there currently. So. It's cold. Anyways, this is, this is what it says. 
says, of course, the stories and anecdotes around Coach Leach are notorious and well-documented. I asked Flint if there were any in particular he'd like to share about Coach Leach. Quote, you know, I probably got to filter a few of those, Flint said, smiling before telling a PG-rated story about his and his son's trip with Coach Leach to the ESPN Awards. Quote, we were out late the night before in Atlanta having a really good time, and we go to the airport the next morning to fly to Baltimore, and Coach Leach disappears, and Pat Chun and Bill Stevens are with us, and of course they're freaking out, and none of us had hardly been to bed or anything, and we're on the verge of maybe missing our flight, and come to find out Coach Leach found a Popeye's open in the airport <laughs> and stopped and got Popeye's at 6 in the morning before we flew to Baltimore. Obviously, he didn't see the problem. He didn't see what the big deal was. <laughs> what a legend. Like, there's so many stories like that where he just... Oh, man. Yeah, was a very funny individual. Yeah. He was. He in 61 years lived more than a lot of people would in 120 years, Flint said, he told his son Tuesday morning. He enjoyed people. He didn't live by a watch on his wrist. He enjoyed life every day. And I'm so glad he got to coach. Thank you very much. That is a great story. KHQ. Thank you for sharing that, Flint Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Flint. <laughs> yes, Leach, he loves to have a cold one, and he was a big fan of the, I believe, Copenhagen peach flavor dip. So you'd often <laughs> see him. I once had a friend who served him at uh, a airport bar and he said leach ordered about four or five vodka waters <laughs> <laughs> to himself uh, the night before his flight so uh, what to be a fly on the wall uh during that that evening out with Minshew and flint with gardner Minshew, flint Minshew, and leach out in atlanta would have been something yeah he also has a bar uh in Key West, where there is a stool with his name on, really name on it, so you could definitely see him just like wandering in there and making small talk with no one. Oh yeah. Um, but <clears throat> let's fast forward to the current version of the Cougars. Um, you know, we just we, we came off as you know a seven and five season, respectable, which is respectable and kind of within the you know, prediction sort of area, like mm -hmm. kind of around the predicted records that we were thinking going into the year, we thought maybe eight and four, seven and five, six and six at worst, maybe nine and three. If a lot goes well, a lot did not go well, Yeah, but we still managed to, you know, put together a respectable year and we're playing Fresno state in a bowl game, you know, on Saturday that nobody's going to be playing in. Jimmy but... Kimmel bowl. I have to say, I'm I'm very worried that we're on the precipice of re um, regressing to a pre-Leachian level. It really doesn't look good, does it? And I shouldn't say that after seven and five. I mean, I'm a natural warrior. For sure. But here's why I'm really concerned. What a pair we make. Yeah, what, what a pair. <laughs> yes. Uh, Here's why I'm especially How's worried. your anxiety? It's all right. Yeah. How's yours? <laughs> yeah. Not great. <laughs> I think we're going to be three and nine next year. Um, I think Jake Dickert's a good coach. I think he's doing the best he can. 
in this new environment, but you know, you saw immediately after the season, this new world of NIL, which is not supposed to be a strict pay to play program, but it is basically becoming that where teams with more resources are poaching WSU's best players with no penalty. Yeah. And we're trying to catch up. I've talked a little bit with our own collective to, you know, connect them with some donors that, you know, could maybe help us retain more players. But I think it's really going to be a challenge for us now because in the olden days, in the good old days, the really good WSU teams were comprised of players that had been there three or four years that maybe weren't very good in high school or they were, you know, they were okay. They were two star recruits, three star maybe. Yeah. But then we, you know, they develop, you still growing sometimes between 18 and 22 and they, you know, grow into for what, you know, work hard in the weight room, become a really good player. And then that when they're juniors or seniors, they're good. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Now, when they start to become good someone's gonna take them somebody is taking them probably and you can't blame the players <sighs> honestly if i was if i was a student athlete and someone came to me and said hey name your price i'd be like sure <laughs> you know like yeah, especially, especially among gen z they're 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 a go for the opportunity kind of generation yeah Especially if you come from like a disadvantaged background, right? Like if you're or any background or any background, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you get offered a job for more money. Yeah. Unless you really, really love your job. Even then, you're not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to say no to this payday. Right. And so, we've lost, I think, twelve or thirteen players to the transfer portal already. Eight of them were backups, pretty low on the depth chart, so to speak. Maybe they would have been good in a few years, but. Eight of them were searching for playing time elsewhere. Yeah. But we lose, our defense was our strength this year, except for the Apple Cup and the Oregon game. Um, but we, we're losing uh, Francisco Maui Goa, who yeah. had all the makings, has all the makings of becoming a star linebacker. Yeah. And it sounds like he's going to Miami, University of Miami, to play with his brother. And they have a huge, like, sketchy, ass nil collective that started by this miami sort of booster yeah so he's gonna get paid a lot of money and play with his brother so okay that's fine also kid probably wants to be in miami more than they want to be in Pullman. <laughs> let's just think about that for a second here beaches whatever <laughs> girls Pullman, what does a 20 Pullman year old is the kid miami want? of washington I thought you yeah, said Pullman was the Palm Springs. <laughs> no, that's Yakima. That's Yakima. <clears throat> Anyhow, Travion Brown, another good linebacker who, you know, his departure is understandable. I think he's been in Pullman for four or five years. Mm -hmm. I think he's got his degree. Um, he's going to get poached probably by USC. How is he still playing? I think, well, because they all got their COVID years didn't count. Mm. And then if you redshirted on top of that or you missed a couple years and were granted an extra year of eligibility on top of the COVID year, you know, then you end up with six or seven years of, you know, playing time, which is insane. Yeah. So he'll probably go to USC and be pretty good. And that's unfortunate to lose both those linebackers. And then we're also losing two of our top wide receivers in Deshaun Stribling and Donovan Ollie. Mm-hmm. 
And Ollie is like not getting great offers. I don't know why he's transferring. He has not been that good for us. I mean, he's he had some good plays in the year. Yeah, okay. He's okay. And Stribling was okay. Stribling was okay. Neither of them were are that fast. Like the reason we part of the reason we never were able to push the ball down the field other than our O-line, offensive line being really bad was Stribling and Ollie were both pretty slow and they were supposed to be our outside receivers. So I don't think that's as big of a loss, honestly. As we lost little guy because he's done. Farrell, the bola game on Saturday is going to be the all Farrell offense. Baby. <laughs> he's getting the ball every time until his brain is just. Oh man, he's probably so pumped. Sorry, I almost turned off my mic there. I think I did. I got so excited. <laughs> Adam, thinking you have about, to oh, keep talking. The all-feral offense. <laughs> yeah, it's blue again. Um, so, yeah, it's just a bummer. We we were able to, like, bring back some guys by, you know, scrambling with our collective. Shaw Smith-Wade, our good cornerback, he got offers apparently to go to the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and we were able to at least offer him enough to stick around. And same thing, I think, with our safety, Jaden Hicks. Oh, that's good. So, and, and we have um, Brennan Jackson and Ron Stone, our two big D linemen, are coming back yeah. for another year. So our collective is trying to scramble. We'll hopefully be able to try to, you know, we're always going to be a little, you know, either a lot or a little behind resource wise. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's a tough time. And then now we're, we're also losing both of our coordinators Yeah. because we can't pay our assistants enough to stick around. So we're losing Eric Morris, our offensive coordinator, which good riddance. Get, get the hell out. <laughs> Jesus. Don't let the door hit your ass. When did you out. never had a problem with him? I do now. Now you do. <laughs> you bring Ward. I just don't like, there's a lot I don't like about what he did. I just, you what? know, you come to Pullman, you only stay one year. Like you need to, I don't know. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's a new job. It's a promotion. Take your promotion. But I'm not going to like him for, yeah. for it. Anybody who stays like one year and is then gone. And then he's going to be offered a head coach. And talk, up, and talk about failing up. He's Jesus, getting our a head, offense was a joke. He's getting a head coach gig, right? Yeah. I mean, For, why? North Texas. Okay, but like, why would he say no to that? We can't, we can't. If I were him, honestly, if I was like looking at my career prospects, I know he's from Texas, whatever. You want to go back home. Texas forever. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you just didn't like Holman. If he put two or three good years together in our offense and actually helped us win something or do anything, then Adam, yes, go take it. we had a decent a... season. Because of our defense. Okay, we had but... a decent season despite Eric Morris's play calling. Oh, my calling. God. They had a couple of offensive plays that were good. Yeah, they had like two, and two good offensive plays. And also, we had plays. a defensive-minded head coach. You're putting way too much on Eric Morris here. Like, I, we don't know everything that went on. I don't think him and Dickert were sympathetic. Vibing? I don't think they've, I don't think they, like, Sympatico. butted heads. I don't think they, yes, I don't think they were, like, butting heads, like, uh, and were Maybe going he has at each other. Maybe depression and he's like, get me the fuck out of Washington. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that was it. Although Eastern Washington gets more sympathetic. I had seasonal depression watching his freaking screen pass after screen pass every week. As if the defense didn't expect we were going to throw a screen. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, oh, we're going to fool him this time. He cost us the Utah game. He cost us the Oregon game. And we were we didn't score offensively like I in think, any of I the think... last five games. I guarantee you we'll probably lose Saturday. Don't get me wrong, because apparently they're just going to let Cam Ward run the offense by himself with the assistants, with a couple of the remaining assistants, because we've openly admitted that Ward knows this offense the best. But I bet we'll score more in the second half than we did in any of our other games with Eric Morris. I'm pretty sure the team just peters out in the second half. But whatevs. And the defensive coordinator is gone. Yeah, which which gives me no worry at all. Why? Because Dickert is the defensive coordinator. It's, yeah. his, it's his defense. Uh, hopefully he'll bring in another coordinator with like some decent linebackers. Yeah. Like, he, like if I were Dickert and I was now hiring for this job, I'd be like, all right, who's got grad transfer linebackers who are ready to move? And who are their coach? Who's their coach? And can we get along? Because we don't have any linebackers. Yeah. We're ready. We're moving our safety to linebacker to play this game. Mm. Which is not what you want to be doing, typically. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's he's got Dickert's got his hands full. Well, he's, he's got frustrated. two. He's he's a thirty nine year old first time head coach. Lost both of his coordinators in the first season. The other day, he was sounding the alarm on all of the tampering going on with our players. And yeah, he's, I don't want to say he's like in an unwinnable position, but his job is becoming very very difficult. And yeah. so I hope he can convince Cam to stick around. Has Cam shown any interest in not, leaving? Not outwardly, but, you know, when the guy who brings you to Pullman leaves after a year and you're – the thing working in our favor in terms of keeping him is he didn't have a great year. But He had a much better year than – we didn't know what to expect. He got great buzz from – not buzz, but like good good yeah. coverage during the Apple Cup from yeah, he kept the announcers. Us in the game. He kept us in he the made game. a name for himself. Until the defense makes one adjustment and then Eric Morris doesn't know what to do differently and then we never score in the second half. Well, I guess we'll you'll be following Eric Morris's career at North Texas. I hope he loses every game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I don't wish that ill upon him, but I was just underwhelmed with the job. You're just a like true coog. You if our you should, you should even, be working with the collective to fundraise. If our offense was even moderately like above average, we win nine games this year easily. We win the Utah game where we couldn't move the ball at all, mm -hmm. and we win what other game? I don't know. Oregon. Eh. Oregon State. <laughs> yeah. Apple Cup? Eh, no. Mm. Maybe. Okay, so, okay, maybe so we're in for it. We're in for it. Okay, maybe we won. Um, he cost us Utah. one win. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. It was a good season. Not a great season. But, yeah, we're going to have a ton to replace way more now than we previously thought. And yeah. this NIL thing is. I mean, they'll probably make some adjustments down the line to NIL because. They have to put some rules in. They're going to have to, right? And they're probably letting it run amok on purpose so they can later on. It's Kavanaugh's fault. So they can later on be like, yeah, we got to rein this in. 
they're scared. The NCAA is scared because the Supreme Court smacked them down. I understand that. And said they were, which their business model was a fraud, but like somebody needs to step in and be like, here are the rules around NIL. You know? Yeah. You can't be calling the kid's mom. Well, maybe the NCAA should grow a pair. They don't have it. They don't have. They don't have a pair. They don't. They were neutered by Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch. (laughs) And what's her face? Amy. Amy. Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett. So. Yeah, I hope I hope we have a <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> National Signing Day is December twenty-third. I hope I just hope that we can get through our bowl game, not get embarrassed, because Fresno State's pretty good. Yeah. And wow. play a competitive just, game. I never thought I'd hear anything positive about Fresno. Do you yeah. know where Fresno is? I am aware of where it is on a map. I have not traveled it's there. It's not a place that anyone would call nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have a college and they have their football team's pretty good. So I hope that even despite having no linebackers, no receivers, and no coordinators. But we'll have Cam and little guy. And Farrell. <laughs> Cam and Robert Farrell is his name for the last time. <laughs> so anyways, I got a basketball game to go to in Newcastle tonight. So we better wrap this up. But yeah, RIP to the Pirate. Hopefully the Cougs can have a nice showing here and not lose all our recruits here in the next week or so. And we can pull on a couple of decent coordinators with, with some recruits to replace what we're losing. That's kind yeah. of the best case scenario. And uh, I don't envy Jake Dickert's job right now of mm-hmm. juggling all this, but he's very well compensated and he's a, he's a good guy and I, I'm pulling for him, but yeah. And he's got everything on the line with this job, right? Yeah, so. for sure. 100%. We'll so. see what he's made of. Definitely. He says he's built for times like this. Mm. He said in his conference, just look to me times are tough so count on you jake good luck (laughs) (laughs) all right